This week on the one cast, we're going to talk about the MLF schedule and our thoughts on it for this year. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on, fans of the OneCast? Welcome back to the OneCast for another episode. Uh, the winter has returned to North Carolina. We got a little taste of spring. It was 70s and warm and sunny and nice, and then it's back down to being cold and rainy and wet and miserable. But we're here uh, talking about MLF, which if you're listening to this, you're probably like, hey, man, that stuff started. We, we know uh, much like them, we decided we're not going to give them coverage for the first event. We're going to go straight to the second <laughs> event uh, since they won't cover the first two days. Uh if you haven't been following, that has lit the world on fire, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of upset which, fans. Which we were talking before is surprising because we remember when all that stuff was released back last fall of all the changes. Like, that was talked about. And all the comments on, on their pages and then the fishing forums were like, I actually wanted to tune in. It's the very first major event of the year, and I can't even watch. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, they're on a really big fish-catching lake. Um, and a lot of, uh, a lot of anglers are really sacking them up. So by the time this episode airs, you guys will see the final results. We'll, we'll but, know who won. There was yeah. 11 pounder caught day one at, at Toledo Bend, but we'll get into that here in a second. Be sure you head over to onecastfishing.com. Use the code, the one cast, check out the snaggles, jigs, long neck hooks, uh, soft plastics, weedless neds, uh, get ready for that spring bite. That's coming quick. It may already be there depending on where you are in the mm-hmm. country. Uh, mm-hmm. and they're starting to spawn in Florida and. Uh, looks like they're they're eating pretty good down in Texas. So if you're from that part of the world, you better get ready. If you're not, that's onecastfishing.com, code the onecast, all one word. Also, getting ready, make sure you get your performance gear, uh, your hoodies, which I'm rocking the new hoodie, hats, uh, performance shirts, T-shirts, anything you need for being on the water. Uh, that's with our friends over at Carolina Waters. You can head to carolinawatersnc.com. Uh, check out everything they have. Again, use the code the one cast, all one word, save 20% off your order, uh, get you some gear, get ready for the year. Also, if you're trying to stow that mullet or if you have a long set of hair, um, this is something I didn't know about, but you know, show season's been really hot and heavy. Ben has been on the road for almost 30 days. Pete and I have been going to different shows and stuff. Carolina Waters has a really cool ball cap that fits uh, long hairstyles where you can put your hair out back. I don't have that problem because I'm balding, but you know, for those of you who got that luxurious hair and stuff that's so strong it could lift a car off a baby, they got you covered with that kind of hat. So be on the lookout for that. Also, if you're in the market, you know, interest rates and stuff are fluctuating and things like that. But if you guys are in the market of owning your own piece of paradise, hit up our buddy Eric Schwinn with Mossy Oak Properties. He's got plenty of land and different opportunities for you guys to explore you know, rolling hills, uh, pristine waterways, abundance of wildlife. Eric's going to help you guys find that little piece of paradise. So don't miss out on your opportunity uh, to contact him at eschwind at mossyoakproperties.com. You can also call him or shoot him a text at 936-494-9686. I'll read you his email one more time. It's E-S-C-H-W-I-N-D at mossyoakproperties.com. Gentlemen. Trey. <laughs> Gentlemen and Trey. <laughs> so like I said, it's been a super busy month. Yep. I mean, Ben, one cast fishing has been on the road all over the place. Break that down real quick for the viewers. Yeah, I mean, it's been three weeks in a row that we've been at the fishing show. So Raleigh, which is here local. So of course you go home every night. But but after that, two weeks on the road, went up to Richmond, went up to Knoxville. 
great events. Uh, I think we talked about it on a previous episode, but we had folks drive down from New Jersey to come see us. Uh, David up there, you know, running in the folks that over at Knoxville, the East, East Tennessee show that watched a podcast that's used a product for, you know, it's actually reinvigorating me to get back out on the water and forcing myself. I actually picked my boat back up from service today because I see all these fish catches and I hear these stories. <laughs> I'm like, man, I've been spending too much time making product. I got to get out and get some fish catches too. So it was, it was a great experience. Um, and that, that, the Eastern sea show it's, there is a reason why they say it's one of the biggest over in, in this part of the country for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The culture of the South is just fish, 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 man. And like, it's, uh, it's a breath of fresh air to see 2024 roll around. We got a lot of stuff in the pipe right now. And, uh, you know, we all can't be everywhere at once. That's why Pete and myself kind of divided and conquered. We made a couple other show appearances and we really thank those guys at English Choice Marine for hosting us up in Martinsville, Virginia. And you guys need to definitely stay tuned to that episode because it's got some pretty cool flavor to it. So I'm glad to be back in the studio with you guys. Glad we got the team back. So what are we going to break it down today? What are we going to break it down today? What what, what does that even break, mean? What are we going to break it down today? Are we breaking it down today? We are. We're we talk are. About All it. right, let's break I mean, it down. We we got to break down the uh, the MLF schedule for twenty twenty four. Yeah, yep. yep, BPT. Sorry, um, to be more specific, because we have not done that yet. We dropped the MPFL one. Of course, I think uh, Pete and Trey got most of that episode out because we had internet issues as always. But yeah. uh, but uh, we get we got to cover them, and you know, as we started, we are a little bit behind, but that's because we had some great guests, some great episodes. This month is a busy month, um, as we just talked about. But uh, Toledo Bend Stage 1 is going on right now. I don't think we need to talk too much about it because mm. by the time this episode comes out, the results will, will already be there. But they're catching big pre-spawn girls. I mean, 11-pounder was caught. Uh, a 9-pounder was caught a today. Of, a bunch of eights have been caught. A bunch of eights have been caught. So, I mean, it's Toledo Bend showing out like Toledo Bend. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that's going to be out, and I know we're talking BPT, but the other thing that's going to be out are the results from Logan Martin in the National mm -hmm. Professional Fishing League. So, folks, you have two different tournament sets to look at uh, for all the results and stuff. So we're pretty excited to see that uh, breakdown. But BPT's got a – I mean, I say it's a pretty cool schedule this year, don't you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty basic. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> that, definitely – There's like one waterway that's unique. Everything else is kind of – where they get well dale hollow it's been a while since anybody went there but anyway we'll get through it one by one yeah and i will um, say as we go through one by one some of these lakes they are going slightly different times yeah that's yep. true so, which which will be yeah. uh cool to see so, so stage one like we said was toledo bend it's it's today's day two uh no idea what it looks like down there what the conditions look like because there's no coverage uh days one and two with mlf anymore and bpt uh but they are catching them or they're not there's a lot of a lot of true. ones and zeros and twos uh, but then there's guys, uh, Jacob Wheeler went there and absolutely smashed him on day one. He had an eight-pound big fit. He had an eight-pounder, and I, I read the article, obviously couldn't see it, but he had an eight-pounder like 15 minutes into the start of day one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a way to uh, yeah. get the juices flowing. I, I, I think he had 91 pounds on day one. Yeah. Damn. But but talking about how it's been up and down there, um, Cliff Crochet is the one who caught the 11-pounder, yeah. but he caught four fish for 22 pounds that day. That's so, cool. Yeah, and Jacob had 90-some pounds. 95 91 91 he had a huge day yeah. and like 38 fish so th the guys that have something figured out are <laughs> whacking them and there's some big ones being caught and then then some folks are struggling but that's that's sort of the pre-spawn in a nutshell mm -hmm. which they should still be in texas louisiana that area uh they're usually a little bit behind florida um but then they're gonna go stage two to santee uh mid-february the 20th through the 25th 
So a little bit different time of the year. Yeah, it's it's a little bit earlier than where we usually see the the major events go. They're usually March or April, mm-hmm. sometimes in the May. Um, I mean, I guess it's the last week of February, but it's that's definitely should be pre-spawn. I don't I, see. It I spawn. think you're going <laughs> to see some. I guess you can't call them bags, but I think you're going to see some really big weights come out of Santee, mm-hmm. just like you're seeing uh, in Toledo. But I also think the same thing is going to happen. I think those who find them are going to crush them, but then there's probably going to be some people that get their feelings hurt on that body water. And just imagine, so they changed the rules. We talked about that. Now it's every fish counts or whatever again, which makes for great content if they'd air it. But if it was a five fish limit, that leaderboard would be completely different. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. So now I, I wonder how many people advocated for every fish counts and they're like, dang it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, the anglers, <laughs> most of the anglers wanted to keep it five fish. It wasn't them yeah. to change it. So I don't think you're going to, you're going to hear them change. They, they were happy either way. It was really the fans and, and leadership or ownership, whoever made that decision. I'm also a fan of every fish counts in that format. I yeah. think it made it very unique for them. Uh, you know, I prefer to be able to watch it a little bit too, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I was, I was definitely critical when they made the change and said that I wasn't going to watch. And I, I didn't watch a single minute of any BPT event last year because it didn't excite me. I'd rather watch Jacob Wheeler. If you're going to catch every fish and let it go, go out there and catch 90 pounds, I know. 37 fish, then, then 27 and five fish. And no, at the end of the day, without the weighing and excitement and everything. I, I actually think I did his average yesterday. I think it was still a three pound fish average. That was it really? I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Minus sure. that one eight pounder that was, uh, a, you know, the giant, but that'll bump the average. Yeah. Up. I mean, hey, well, I think so Santee, Santee, I think yeah. Santee's going to be great. I think, uh, like we said, it's going to be probably similar to Toledo, different yeah, environment, but then they move on. Definitely right? pre spawn. Yep. Yeah. I suspect there'll be some. I mean, it depends on weather and how windy it is because there'll still be fish out, you know, should be on the main lake and yep. the grass that's out there. Uh, you know that they were targeting last year and what march when bassmaster went there i forget and um and even patrick walters with the mpfl event last year like he was catching them offshore mm-hmm. doing what he does best so you know but anyways on one day yeah <laughs> <laughs> then the wind blew. <laughs> it blew 40 miles an hour buddy day, i'll right? tell you what i wouldn't want to yeah. be on the other side of that lake yeah. when that the, wind's ripping then the like wind that. blew and there was no offshore yeah. anymore. but yeah that was uh That'll be an interesting one once we can see it. Uh, how they how they attack that at, during the pre spawn. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, then Redcrest following that, which is exactly one week after the Bassmaster Classic, which is an interesting decision. Uh, but they're going to head to Lay Lake, which is Bassmaster's home lake. It's right there in the Alabama where their headquarters is. Uh, ben Bass went there last year, didn't they? They did. Yeah. So Bass went to Lay Lake. That was the first time any major tour had been there in quite a while. Yep. Uh, it was it was a pretty normal tournament on Lay Lake. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, again, March 14th through 17th, that they they should start to catch some spawn fish mm-hmm. there in Alabama. Um, <clears throat> again, weather dependent. That that could be a little bit early. Yeah, I mean, I think bass. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like a a a big fish catching situation last year with BASS. Um, it was cool that Will Davis Jr. won on his home lake. And it was cool that uh, Jason Christie caught a nine pounder, mm-hmm. the biggest fish for the year on Lay Lake, right? On, I don't know if it was a frog or if he was flipping. I can't remember. It was on a frog, yeah. But I'll tell you what, like, 
they could run into bigger fish than what bass ran into last year. So we'll see. It's a pretty cool lake, though. I mean, you're right because it's, it's mid it's mid March. Yeah, that's down by Birmingham, right, Southern Alabama. I believe so. So when I when I look at it here, because that's we're quite a bit north of that. Yep. We're probably we're not quite to spawn yet, but no. there are many times that a week or two after that, it, we've got spawners or fry goaters here because we've seen it. So. Yep. Weather this time of year is always weather dependent. You're probably going to hear that a lot for these uh, these lakes and any of these tournaments. But there could be some some good bags coming out That's of that right. one too. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't even know who's qualified. I have no uh, clue. I know KVD. KVD. So. That's who I'm rooting for because yeah. <laughs> How cool would that be? Right? It'd be his last KVD's wow. epic final. It's <laughs> This It'll is, be his last MLF it's, event. That's it's his encore performance. Where he's yeah. going to come back out on stage uh, one more time. Yeah. And <laughs> one more time in MLF. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've seen the end of KVD. No. Uh, but we've talked about that before. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not 100% who all, all qualified because I didn't follow it super close last year because I didn't like the format change. And yeah. then I was going to get more into it this year, and I can't watch it, so I probably won't follow it super close this year. Um, then they're going to Dale Hollow, which again is, a, is another place that nowhere no big's been uh, n- well known for some pretty big smallmouth. Uh, April 9th through 14th, good chance of smallmouth are going to be on beds that time. Um, might actually be a little bit late depending on weather. Uh, I know uh, up north we're starting to catch them, you know, pre spawn around then. That's all the way up north on Erie and stuff, early April. So Dale Hollow is. Dale mm-hmm. Hollows in Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is it might be late yeah. for them for the yeah. smallmouth to be spawned. They may be done. But there's largemouth in there, too. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. largemouth, so you'll have some largemouth spawn. But that's a lake that if somebody figures out the, the brown fish, they're gonna, they'll are gonna they blow it open because it's well-known for, for big brown fish. It's it's not as good as it was back in the day. True. And I don't know if they've got the state record in there still or not. I mean, that's that was a long time ago. That's they, where the state record came out of, right? Yeah. The, that or it's the, maybe it's the ward record, too. It could I, be from like 1950 something. Yeah. I think I, I think we'll have to check that out. You know, the last major event that I saw there that somebody found something really special, and I I hope I'm accurate on this, but I want to say I am. Jimmy Washam won the MLF. Um, I think it was the Toyota Series Championship. There, he won that belt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he found something really cool, a bunch of largemouth consolidated in one area behind an old uh underwater dam and he was popping them on top water and drop shots and stuff like that so he found something pretty special and ended up getting the victory with all largemouth on that lake so but i think you're right pete i think you find something special and you're you're going to be good so to go. it was, yeah it was the state record and the world record 11 pounds 15 ounces in 1955 <laughs> so it's wow. been a few years since they, they... And that was july of 1955 so that fish was probably closer to 12 and a half Yep, a few months uh, before you know months before that. What I'm anxious to see about it, and what I think I'll enjoy, is that it's been a a long time since they've gone to a smallmouth lake, or predominantly smallmouth lake, and outside the north. And what I mean yeah. is outside Gobi territory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the Mississippi River, but that I mean that's not a lake, so it's a little different. The river setup, but like, there's no gobies at least as far as I know. There's not gobies in Dale Harlow, no, so there's definitely not. So they're gonna they're gonna where, be where were they at last year when we were heading to the classic? They were on where were they at? Because we passed them going into Knoxville. So they were on the Tennessee River. They were on Tennessee River, so, right? So but I mean 
there's not giant, giant smallmouth in there, but there's good smallmouth well, in there, right? Yeah, there. I guess you're right. There are good smallmouth, and you, and you go to like the, all those Tennessee River lakes, right? Yeah. There are some big smallmouth in there. But there's but, no goby in there, is there? Yeah. No. So yeah, they set up differently. That's Shad. true. Shad's the primary. Shad, mm -hmm. I'm sure crawfish, but I know I know Shad's a big forage for them in those uh, Tennessee River Valley lakes. Yeah, they were on douglas or one of the douglas that's there. right yep you're right over, yeah. yeah you're yeah yeah because keith boche had to make the run back jump into the classic and yeah. do his thing so so i do take that back i guess i guess they have been to a couple places in the in the south there small mouth but when i think of dale hollow i know there's large mouth in there yeah and i was actually talking to a guy at the expo at, at knoxville this past weekend and uh he's like yeah there's actually some really good large mouth in there and some people he knows exclusively only go target the large mouth yeah. there so but could be I, interesting, yeah. I think of Del Hollow as a smallmouth lake, so yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, I think I think the history's been that way. But I mean, if the largemouth are growing now, then they they could flip it on its head, and then they should be on beds that time of year. The largemouth should mm -hmm. be. So that that could be an interesting one. I don't think there's any spots in there. Uh, I don't think they're in all three lake but they could be but either way i know that smallmouth have been king in the past and, and if they all in there they're going to be the the northern strand spots yeah, yeah. but I, but i will say this i mean now they're back to every fish count so just because it's a spawn lake they may go chase a couple big kickers spawn in largemouth but if they find the numbers in the smallies they might switch their game plan up and it's just true. go go hit as many smallmouth spots as they can so that'll be an interesting one if we can see it for sure You'll be able to see just not the first two days uh, <laughs> when they catch all the good bed fish. Well, it's MLF, so they'll catch them every day, the same ones. Uh, then they're going to head stage four on Lake Eufaula, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, that's April 30th to May 5th. Again, tail end of the spawn, probably post-spawn. Lake Eufaula is pretty far south as far as Oklahoma, so they're probably going to be pretty well wrapped up. Yeah, to be honest with, with those lakes out in Oklahoma – you know, I'm I kind of know when like some of the Missouri lakes spawn and that transition is, but like Oklahoma, I mean, it gets so much. It does get very hot in the summertime, but it's it could be cold in the yeah, winter they get, too. They so get cold winters. That that'll be an interesting one. I don't know. I I can't predict what that's going to look like. I think it'll be a post spawn event, but like Ben was saying, they do get do get some pretty cold winters. Uh, and if if we get a bunch of cold fronts that come through, kind of middle America, it could push that back. Uh, as far as when that when that occurs. I think that's uh, and sorry for smacking my lips. I did it once. Uh, I think that is a completely dirty water lake, though, if I'm not mistaken. For the most part, yeah. I know the MPFL went there last year, mm -hmm. um, and I think a major tour went there the the year before. But from the for the most part, and I'm pretty sure it's dirty. So a lot of dog flipping. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens on that lake. But yeah, that's a place I don't know anything really about, so I can't speak on it. Yeah, I don't know a bunch. Kind of looked at the history. There's not a, it's not really anything special as far as history. It's not like Lake Eufaula, Alabama, where we know they can catch some some giant bags out of. Yeah, and they and they've had opens there and stuff before. Yeah. It's always like, I want to say like twelve to eighteen pounds. It's kind of like your and I think that's range. I think yeah. with MPFL is around that thirteen pound. Yep, thirteen pound mark a day to win. So that that's probably pretty average but who knows they may go out there and find something special but again every fish counts so that's true it makes yeah. it more interesting if you get on a school of two and a half three pounders you can catch a hundred of them then then it makes for for entertainment and uh you know a big bag so to say um then they're gonna head to kiss me chain for a heavy hitters event again don't know who all qualified for it probably should have looked that up 
Um, <laughs> that's May 18th through 23rd. So non-traditional Florida tournament. Well, this is like they did, uh, was it last year or two years ago when we went, to, they went to the Harris chain around the same time of the year. It was April or May. And I, and I actually love it because we don't, most of our Florida events are always in early March or late February. Yep. Yeah. Very rarely do we see, you know, post spawn once those fish is pulled out and, you know, I, I love seeing it because it's just a different, a lot of times it's a different way of fishing. You're looking yep. for shale beds or you're looking offshore grass. It's, and to be honest, I think it sets up more like if we will go to go down there any other time of the year. Yeah. Instead of that, you know, three month window down there that they a lot of times spawn in, you know, yeah. that December through March, late November through March, the rest of the year, you could probably use a lot of the same tactics that they were using and just find, you know, try to find out where the fish are located. So that's why I'm excited to see it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it performs, you know, compared to when they did the Harris chain a couple of years ago. But, and the great thing is I was actually watching a YouTube video last night, the night before. That's one of the guys down on the Harris chain. He's like, January has been tough yeah. down there. Cause those cold, you remember those, all those, yeah. that cold fronts that come through and, and, and water temperatures were like in the fifties on places on the Harris chain. So, and in January, the bags out in the lake were like 13 pounds, 15 yeah. pounds a day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's been really tough. And so I don't, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they would do there later in the year. And yeah. it, and it kind of, and it also takes out, we love seeing, I love seeing the spawn events in Florida, those big bags, but this cold front really mess them up. And it can be, how many times have we watched an event and practice is good? Or the first two days of the tournament's good, cold front rolls exactly. through. Front That's right. And, yep. and it kills those Florida bass. It just shuts them down. Yeah. Yeah. And I would not want to be group B going into the second day when group A just crushed them. A cold front moves in that night and you're like screaming around the lake trying to figure out how to catch 10 pounds. Yeah. You know but what I mean, again, that the one good thing about every fish counts format and then it resets after the cuts is it doesn't matter what group a does as long as that's you go true. Out and come out of group b and make the cut yep. that's all going to zero back out and you're going to start with a clean slate which I've, i'm critical of mlf but i really like the way they do that because it doesn't leave any of those guys out of it it might get exactly what we just described you go to florida group a has a great day cold front rolls in day two that group b is going to struggle because like ben said those florida bats do not like cold fronts they don't like yep. they don't like unstable weather uh, they really do lock jaw and just just sort of quit biting, uh, so that that format you know eliminates that. Then you just need to go out and maybe catch ten pounds to make the cut. Uh, but then if you get warm weather the rest of the time, you're gonna you know get right back out there and, and be able to compete. So sounds like they need a F one bass introduction down in Florida, true fifty fifty split, <laughs> right? Then it would be just you know good fishing all year long. So so after heavy hitters. In an unknown environment like the Kissimmee chain, we have no idea what it's going to throw at us. They come up to something very similar as far as like the ecosystems concerned and the, you know, the, the habitat, they come up to the Chowan river here in North Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia border, uh, situation. No, and, well, it's going to be, I don't, I don't think to anybody's going to run up to Virginia. No. Mm -mm. Well, they come up here and that to me is the most exciting tournament. Uh, just because it's almost in our backyard. Well, I agree. It's in yeah. our backyard. And I think all of us have experience on the Chowan River. Yep. And yep. we it's know. Spent a lot of time down there. Yeah. We know how it can fish and we know what can come out of that river. 
you know, those river systems. Because I, I understand they can run anything within the sound. So they could run all the way up Chowan if they wanted to into the Virginia. I think they can run at the Alligator River. I mean, yeah, they can run anywhere, anywhere that's connected by the Admiral Sound. So, yeah, I mean, it opens up a whole lot. You're you're going to see some big bat. You're going to see some really good fish caught. Uh, it's going to make a lot of people not happy because <laughs> it's been kind of like a hidden gem mm-hmm, that yes. not everybody knows about. Uh, you're going to see, and and we talked to, and we're going to have uh, some local guides on that we we're, we have relationships with come on, and we talked to them about it at Martinsville, and it was like, I, I love it, but I hate it. I love it because yeah. I know I'm going to get some business from mm-hmm. it, uh, but I hate it because it's going to showcase what we have. And and But one thing people need to realize is, just because they go, I can tell you right now, just because they go in there that week and they absolutely smash them, it doesn't mean you're going to do it the next <laughs> week. Because wind, wind direction, yep. current, uh, weather, everything is, is plays such a huge role down there that it can change by the hour sometimes as far as where the fish are, where they're biting, how they're setting up. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be awesome. But again, it not everybody would be able to go out there and replicate because just because of the changing weather conditions. And one thing I will say, they're going there at a great time of the year. If you like to see yeah. people catch fish on a frog, uh, you're going to see a lot of good fish caught on a frog. You're going to see a lot of good fish caught on a swim jig. Um, but mm, I can tell you most likely the person that wins that is going to go out into the sound and catch them offshore. Uh, that's where most tournaments Sorry, local guys are one. They try to keep that a secret. Uh, but most of the guys that are consistently putting up five fish, 30 pound bags are, are doing it in the sound. Yeah, I, I agree. That's probably where, especially that time of year, post spawn, that's probably where it's going to be run one. Unless somebody makes a really long run to go some. Somebody's going to go to the alligator and catch big fish and find something special. And the benefit with MLF is you don't have to return the weigh in. Yep, that's true. So you can make that long run. Somebody and somebody fish could. at least two full periods probably. You, yeah. You're not going to get the first full period, but well, no, because they can run. They they launch and can start running before the period. Starts. Yeah, I think like thirty minutes. 30, yeah, 30 minutes you but. might lose <clears throat> in the boats they're running. You might only lose ten minutes. Okay, you can make that run from from Edenton to to the alligator in forty. That oh, it's that, a that being thought. said, you might only lose ten minutes. You might also lose a load. Yeah, you may you so, may not make it. Yeah, you, you may <laughs> you may not make it. But you know the the show on and that entire system, you know they go from a really good place to practice. At least the guys that make it in heavy hitters uh, to the show on, but the fish act very similar there. You know, yep. you talked about the weather conditions, r- rising and falling water, wind, all that stuff. Uh, temperature as well those fish are very very much like florida fish um so those guys are gonna have to pay very close attention i wonder how much g2 people are trying to get uh on that system but i I saw it firsthand last year with pete like and i won't say anything specifically but what i thought looked great ended up being a trash situation (laughs) and and I was completely taken back by it. I was like, this doesn't even make sense. Well, to me, it didn't make sense. But to the locals, they're like, I ain't even putting a boat in today. Yeah. It was like, what? Why? Everything looks looks like you're going to catch a 10-pounder everywhere you throw. Yep. It always looks like that. It does. That ain't the case. It does always look like I, that. I guess maybe we should break down kind of what the – because we're familiar with it, what the yeah. river system looks like. And uh, Pete, you can fill, fill in the rest here in a second because I've only fished like the – Upper northwest portion up by Ahoski. 
So like I've never really gone all the way down the Edenton. That's where my club used to fish. I, at. I can say with pretty good confidence nobody's going to run up there. And fish. I, I I would agree. I would agree. Uh, caught a couple good fish up there, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as consistent as it's going to be down there. But you know, up there it's it's tannic water, mm-hmm. a lot of creeks off the side, lots of lily pads, lots of cypress trees. Yeah, that's pretty much the entire system. Uh, until except for the alligator. Uh, some of the other, uh, the Scuppernog is another river down towards the other. Those rivers, a little bit different because they're more tidal. There's a little bit more salt. So, you know, that's a the other, more brackish. That's the other thing we should mention is that the Chowan doesn't really have a traditional tide. That's no, wind driven. It's wind driven. It moves up. It does move up and down. It can move up and down, you know, a foot or, or more. I've seen it six inches personally overnight. The, nor- the normal is about a half inch. If you don't have any weather, their normal tide is about a half an inch. If you don't have weather, if you don't have weather, if there's rain or anything anywhere else, then it, that all changes. If, if the Roanoke's high and it changes then it can be a foot overnight. Yeah. Just, I saw very, a, it's very crazy the way that that whole system hey, worked. I saw a six inch change yeah. yeah, up there. And that was, that was because the wind went from blowing in. So blowing West, it started blowing straight like East. And yeah. It, just pushed and it, it, pushed, it, it was pushed up and then it got pushed out. Yeah. And uh, it did affect the fishing. It definitely does. It's it's uh, yeah. It's interesting that the cool like they have the opportunity to make those long runs so they could run down to the, the alligator. You can hear us talk about that a lot. The alligator is a place you could see a guy run, fish, and put a hundred pounds up in twenty fish. Easy. You could easily have a five pound average over twenty fish and put a hundred pounds up if it's right. That river is full of giant fish. It's super dangerous. I'm going to say that right off. There's areas where GPS doesn't even work. It's very easy to get lost. Um, but it's more of that like switch grass, saw grass, whatever you want okay. to call that. Uh, and then lay down. I mean, the lay downs and the stumps. I've seen cypress stumps and they're bigger in this table, like gigantic cypress stumps <laughs> in that place. Um, we usually make pretty clear water. But if the wind's not right, it can go to bad really quick. Like, one dangerous bad. I know lots of guys that have run up there and had a 40 pound bag and will win a tournament and can't make it back to weigh in. Yeah. That's the advantage they have though. They don't have to. If they can't make it back, they'll just call somebody to come pick up because they, they don't I don't I have to double check, but I don't even think they have to take their boat out at the same ramp. They just have to put in and take off from the same place every morning. Yeah. So they could in theory have somebody come pick them up later. Um I'd have to double check to make sure. So if I'm wrong and you're a huge MLF fan, let us know. Um but they don't have to worry about that. It's, but it's super dangerous and it's a risk because you are running 40 minutes. If you're going way mm-hmm. up river an hour, uh, and if the wind's not right, I mean, I know just I wasted two yeah, hours. I haven't seen it, but I've heard sometimes you'll get in that river and you can walk across the jellyfish and you're not going to catch a bass. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder uh, why. Because the salt, the salt will push in there super heavy. So yeah. it just depends a lot on weather. You're, you're, you're going to see guys make that run. There's guys that know the alligators pretty well talked about as far as big fish. The other cool thing about people running up there to fish is, you might catch a, a, a 50 inch redfish on one cast and an eight pound largemouth on the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a definitely a cool fishery. And then anywhere in that fishery, flounder, um, and the stripers, bowfin, bow big old catch, giant bowfin. They're going to catch some I, bow I will say, uh, good luck finding a place to use the bathroom, though, gentlemen. Yeah, you're gonna have they to go look. off the boat. That's a lot. That's a lot like Florida. <laughs> yeah, very much. Very There's much. no pulling up on shore if you gotta, if you gotta do your business, uh, you're gonna have to, uh, there's no not many launches pull out the old maddie robinson trick you're gonna, you're gonna have to hang <laughs> off the side and, and let her rip um, but it's gonna be a cool one it's a, it's a really unique fishery um we're not i don't want to downplay the danger people get seriously hurt and killed every year down there 
just and people that have a lot of experience down there get seriously hurt because it changes so much. And with all of this weather we've had, I'm super nervous about my first trip down there because I know there's going to be a lot of stuff that wasn't there that's there now. There's going to be yeah. a lot of new hazards. I don't know how many of the boat lanes that I usually run and that I have marked are going to be usable anymore. Yeah, I know when something's changed, when Pete takes a certain right or a certain left and he comes off the throttle, it's not because there's another boat coming. It's not because there's a bear crossing the river. It's because he saw something. He was like, that was not there yesterday. And he makes a waypoint on yeah. his graph. So I haven't even taken my boat down there. And not that I'm scared, but I'd rather Pete just drive. Uh, but yeah, it'll be cool though. And I think, I think there's going to be a lot of water eliminated. Oh yeah. And that'll be interesting too. And yeah, I know we're spending a lot of time on the show on, but that's because it's where we're at or close to. Um, it'll be interesting during their practice period, how much they find like little shallow deals. And then when they go back there during the tournament, they may not be there. Oh yeah. So that'll be really interesting. I can't tell how many times I've caught, caught them shallow good. And they weren't (laughs) there the next day because the wind changed or hopefully one pound is the minimum. Uh, I think it's two. Is it two? You might see a lot of fish caught that don't weigh. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think MLF went to the two pound for, all of their lakes that is true now the two pound minimum there's a lot of and trey saw it we i mean a lot we would catch and be like oh that one will keep and it's 12 and three quarter yep yep uh 13 and three quarter what do they they had to be 14 14, yeah so 13 and three quarter and they're 1.6 pounds Mm -hmm. a jillion of them (laughs) but there's certain parts of that river where you might catch that third that same 13 and three quarter i know because i've seen it and it's two and a half or three pounds and i've seen I've seen some 14s that were almost three pounds. Yeah, footballs. Giant, Mm -hmm. because they just sit there and get fat. So you're going to see them caught potentially a bunch of different ways, but frogging, flipping, swim jigs are going to be the the king, except for those guys in the sound. I'm really curious how they fish that. That, That's what I'm looking forward most to see, is seeing how they break that down and see who gets out there and what they're doing to target those fish. I think you're going to see some jerkbait fish offshore for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, I think they're going to find some brush piles. They're going to find some offshore structure and stuff like that where fish are holding in current and, you know, things just like Pete said, sitting back and letting that forge come right past their face. And uh, those guys who find them offshore, they're going to they're going to nail them, dude. Yeah. They're yeah, it'll be a good event. It's going to be a good showcase. So the the ne- are we are we done? I was going. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. So, you know, the next place I think is a really cool place, too. And I've never fished there, but. um the James River. Yep, stage six. James. Yep, stage six, June twenty fifth through the thirtieth. Uh, they're moving up to the James River. Oh, did I wonder if that changed? I I thought when the schedule came out, it was back to back. I thought it was. Yeah, it looks like they put a week between. Yeah, they got a week or two between. Yeah. It's just a four hour trip up. Not even four hours, probably from the Chowan. Three yeah. hours, three hours. Yeah, from yeah. from the Chowan. So just right up the road. James River, an actual tidal fishery. That a is true, a true yep. tidal fishery. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of tournaments go there, but I mean, it's going to be a great event. Yeah. That one's going to put a lot of those guys to the test that, you know, they go from a tidal fishery to a wind blown fishery that may look tidal back to a tidal fishery, you know. And James is in Virginia, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, but you're right, Ben. Like that place gets a lot of pressure. There's a lot of guys that, that run tournaments out of there, but. Um, you know, I don't know how that one is going to be won, but, uh, I think you're going to see some pretty decent weights come out of the James river. Yeah. Yeah. It, What's uh, the other river they can run up? There's the chick, the chicken hominy. Yeah. Chickahominy. They're going out of Richmond. They can fish the James yeah. or the chickahominy. Um, 
Yeah, 15, 15 pounds a day usually on five fish is pretty you're gonna be pretty close. Yeah. Uh that's a big swim jig, like big swim jig, lots of swim jigging in that grass. There's and, a lot yeah, of grass. I found out they love their black and blue black swim and jigs blue up swim there. Jigs, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they, they love them up there. Well, uh, fish does it fish a lot like the Potomac? Yes, yeah, I think similar. so. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's as nasty because the Potomac is just gross looking, but I think that it's gonna be a pretty fun shallow water deal mm -hmm. for those guys. It, it should be, yeah. That that's been king. Unless they do that that does get affected quite a bit by weather. So if they get a big cold front, cold front for for the summer in, in our part of the world is, you know, if it goes from ninety every day to seventy, yeah. Uh those fish tend to push a little bit deeper and, and it changes kind of the way you target them. Uh so it it'll be an interesting one, but you'll see you're gonna see a lot of swim jigging, a lot of punching. There's mats, grass mats flipping all that good stuff so if you like if you like that sort of shallow water combat fishing uh that'll be a good good tournament to follow that's but a good saying i like that you won't be able to watch day one and oh two, combat so. fishing <laughs> i don't know by then you may be able to watch day one and two yeah uh, given the outrage they may they may make a change to their their planned uh broadcast schedule the only other place in virginia i would have liked to see them go is like smith mountain you know, oh, don't you're gonna make the locals mad? You yeah, know. I know, but you're gonna make the locals mad no matter where where <laughs> yeah, they go. Smith I mean, Mountains on a, a huge upcycle right now. They're catching some really. They good are fish. catching big fish yeah. out of that place. So. Somebody's gonna end up there. Yeah, and it may start with a B uh, in the next couple of years, and and end with like ass. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, <laughs> they they had one there a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was an open or like well, what what level it was, but yeah, it, it might have been four or five years ago. Yeah, we I got. Some, they've had some BFLs. I'd have to look. Yeah, we got some buddies that, or we got a good buddy that likes to fish that lake a lot. So, uh, it it it'll be cool to see though the the James River those guys head up and kind of cool how they're working themselves. You know, I north, guess yeah. yeah, working themselves up the country. Yeah, they they couldn't get up north too early. Yeah, they couldn't get up there for smallmouth spawn. That's no. bad things happen when that happens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any smallmouth spawn <laughs> events this year. Interesting enough. Yeah. Uh, but then they are going to go to smallmouth fishery in August, uh, St. Lawrence river. We all know what that's going to be. Slug um, uh, If they can get on the lake, it does make a difference if the weather's not right yeah. and they can't get on the lake. I wonder what the weights will be. Oh, oh I mean, wow. You could see over hundreds a day. You well, I mean, there was, there were century belts and bass there. You could see a yeah. hundred pounds in a day easily. Could we see 200 in a day? No, I don't know about in a day. I don't know. It just depends. 10 fish for do you know all those schools like it's crazy so 20 for 100 you'd have to have 40 for 200 oh that that i mean i mean wheeler I, on day one 40, 38 40 of that quality i mean i, I know there's a lot of the, that quality fish that four plus pound but that's a that's a big I you mean, know that you're, you're right that might be a big 150 might be i think 150 is probably super real 53 pounders yeah but I think that's super real. Since the weights reset after group A and group B get done. I'm just talking about in a day. I know, but like as an angler from their perspective, I wonder if they're going to take fish management seriously into consideration with a place like that. Probably you not. Know? You can catch because you, you can literally, I, I think 150 pounds is going to be pretty easy for some of those guys 53 yeah. pounders because we've heard maddie talk about it yeah all, all the guys we've had on from the elites talk about st lawrence like you don't you get 
sick of catching three pounders. They don't even put them in the live well, even if it's the first fish of the day. Yeah, they don't want guys to die. That throw them back. They, they, yeah. One, they don't want to die, and two, they know it's not going to help. And, yeah. and they leave the when when the schools are all that two they, and three yeah. quarter, three pounds. They leave. They leave because they so, need that three and a half to four and a half class. So for MLF, I don't think that fish management is going to be a concern unless unless they're not finding big schools of fish. If if they have to fish the river, like if they can't get in the lake because of weather or whatever, then yeah, I, then I think it's a different game. It's absolutely a different ball yeah. game. But if they can get out on the lake every day, they're just going to go out there and whack as many yeah. thirty pound smallmouth as they can. I mean, yeah, I mean, if we see perfect weather conditions like we saw a couple of years ago with uh, Jay Shakira, I don't yeah. know if it was on the St. Lawrence. I think that it was. was. St. Lawrence. That was when. But he if you see perfect weather conditions like we saw over a four day period. I completely agree. There. Well, not even oh, that. It didn't even matter because look what Bass did last year. Yeah. Three century belts and it was not perfect. Oh, yeah, those are like eight foot waves. On on day one. <laughs> yeah, Maddie said he saw legit eight footer. Yeah, let's day. see yeah. how many guys are good at surfing if that's the case. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I mean, the swells get real big up there. Um, who knows what this year is going to look like compared to next year? You know, we talked about that with with Corey Johnston at, you know, Angler's Choice Marine. We've talked about it with a lot of the smallmouth experts. Like, you know, fish are getting conditioned to the pressure, to the sonar capability, stuff like that. Fish are moving around. If they get beat up on a spot yeah. year after year where they're spawning, they're not just going to die. They're going to move where they're spawning, and the same thing applies. And now I think where they live is probably going to stay relatively the same, but smallmouth migrate so freaking far. You know and what I mean? Some of so, those bigger fish are going to get wise to the game, right? So yeah. they they may be in different spots. Yeah. And so you may start to see way more of those three-pounders, three-and-a-half-pounders, yep. not see as many of those four. All the dumb fish are going to get caught. Those young, <laughs> and you know, I, I can tell you I, I had a, I've had days – one the best day I've had on Lake Erie was 100 fit 101 three and three every single one of them was three pounds and they were just three pound males stacked up pre spawn and you could it didn't matter you cast you catch one every cast um, those fish when they get schooled up like that they're probably not going to move much from the traditional areas but those bigger ones they get bigger for a reason right yeah uh, and some of that is going to be them moving around we see it on our lakes like yeah. Uh, certain small lakes, the or certain not even small lakes, certain lakes here, the fish have changed because of the pressure, mm -hmm. uh, and and we we sort of figured it out a little bit last year. And I'm not going to talk about what lake it is. Um, <laughs> check fish tips; you might find something on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, they, we know we sort of figured it out last year, right? Like the fish are behaving differently. They've yep. started to do different things, uh, and they aren't where we were catching them traditionally in the years past. And a lot of that is pressure. Yeah. Uh, so the, you know the schools. Those schools, those three pounders, will probably still find. I think we're going to start to see less century belts in a five fish format because I think those bigger fish are going to get smarter and going to start getting a yeah, little bit harder to catch. Which is why you see a lot of guys doing things differently. You yeah. got some weird stuff being put on boats 47 now. Forward facing sonar. You got all these sonar units, but then you got brakes. You know, yeah. you got these crappie brakes that are being about, mounted on the back of the dude. I'll tell you board. what, I saw Millick in. Those were sweet. You talking yeah. about Becker's sonar dome? Yeah. Wait, what? what's he got? I didn't miss that one. Well, no, he, I think he's got three graphs up front. He's got like two at the console. He's got yeah. the crappie brakes. Oh, Becker's running the crappie brakes. I, I think. Yeah, so. he is. He is. I just saw a walkthrough of his boat. But yeah, I mean, you see that like they're doing. Of course, like drift paddles and these new brake systems are there to to not put you over the top of the fish to scare them off. But like guys are taking like some precautions now because they don't want to get within that, within that distance and close the gap on these fish to scare them away because they know how sensitive 
they're getting to all the different sonar and all the pressure and stuff on the water. So, you know, the fish are evolving, the anglers are evolving, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're going to keep fighting the battle against the fish, man. So, um, it is pretty cool though. And, and I'm excited. I'll tell you who, what would be really exciting in an event like that. It could be really exciting, but also really tiring as being a marshal, being your, being the way guy, you know, weighing all those no, three pound fish. Get annoying. Get, imagine get your, get your curls. Um, yeah. Imagine you sitting there in eight foot swells. My guys are trying to catch three pound smallies and you're just trying to weigh them in. We'll see how many two minute penalties they get from fish being dropped if the conditions are pretty trash. So, but well, like I said, if, if you're seeing consistent of those, those big waves are nobody's going to go out on the lake. Yeah. Like, there's going to be the one. guys that went on the lake last year had to Maddie had no choice, but to go out there because he had to requalify That's to true. do that. He had to catch, he had to catch a bag. every. Well, week. you know, so what? he had to take the risk and that is the last event and they're know, cutting the field. That's true. Yeah. But Ooh, that's there, true. There could be a lot of pressure on May, a couple guys. Maybe, but most of the guys that are going to get cut, aren't going to save from getting cut. I, if they're not in the top 20, right? Like I, the top 20 are guaranteed and then it goes by lifetime stat stat. So if you're, if you don't have it that, lifetime and you're not in the top 20 and, and like, the top five rookies. Yeah. yeah top five. So rookies. like there's going to be probably like yeah. four to five guys. Yeah, maybe that, if you, you're right. That so that are going to feel the pressure it is Poche Poche's fishing BBT this year, right? far as i know is he fishing out of his small gator tracks i don't know he's not fishing the elites this year right? yeah no, no not fishing yeah. the elite so just bpt that- <laughs> i don't know what boat i mean for every other lake that boat sets up pretty well i know well, i just we wanted- were talking someone said he wasn't i don't okay. think at one of the expos someone i would love to he wasn't. see as much as he goes off the grid and he does crazy stuff in that boat i want to see him take that boat and eight footers no, out on the die. same. <laughs> I don't want to see him die. I'm you just saying, die. like, think of the. I don't, you you a, probably wouldn't die, but you're going to sink that boat. Yeah, he, yeah. You 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 might go down. You're going down. He's staying on the river on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I think I'm pretty sure he put a video out that said he proved what he wanted to prove out of that little boat, and he was going to go yeah. back to something more. I different. wonder if he's going to be able to resell, like, sell that thing. <laughs> no, I, I don't. that one I might don't have to go up on the wall. If I saw that one for sale. If that was one I would, I would target. <laughs> It won a red crest, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But BPT, well, no, uh, not red crest. It won. Brian Thrift won red crest. Yeah, he uh, Keith Poche won, won that. A, uh, a regular yeah, that's sport. right. He yeah, won yeah. the uh, event as the classic. That's started. a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was when he ran the right the river. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is Trey's opinion. As much a you know, we're all fans of the sport. We're all critics. Things that are done well, we criticize them and commend them for doing things well this is all leagues across from your local club all the way to the national yep um but also critics of you know the things they don't do well but i think that the schedule is kind of a cool schedule um there's some new fisheries that they're going to different times of the year that they're going i think it's going to test the anglers but i think it's cool that they brought the all fish count two pound count format back just get it on the air because yeah. your fans really want to see now if we it, just you know, it. just watch <laughs> it, you know, so. And the, uh, pro- and the problem with us is, right, so I guess the coverage starts tomorrow. It does. It's tomorrow, Thursday. Well, yeah. NPFL starts tomorrow, too. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to watch the NPFL. I got to have multiple screens. Yeah. I'm just going to watch day one of the NPFL. <laughs> I, I've lost, like, desire to watch the, the BPT event. And you know what? Those guys on the tour, man, they're they're good dudes. They're just doing what they yeah. need to do they're to doing feed what their they families. Need. 
um, you know, you're subject to a, a situation that you may not be we've, comfortable. We've with, had extensive talks about it. Yeah, it's it's management at this point. It's not it's not the anglers. Yeah. It sucks for them. The anglers aren't getting exposure uh, because of some decisions that were made for whatever reason they were made. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be cool. Like you said, I think it's a okay schedule. I do like a few of the fisheries they're going to. I like that they're going to to some different fisheries at different times. But uh, outside of the Cho One and the James, it's pretty cookie cutter. The the choice of lakes. I, I mean, I like the Cho One. Obviously, I yeah. like Dale Hollow. I mean, I'm excited to see that one. That'll be cool. Yeah, because they haven't had anybody there for a while. And I, I'm also excited to see Santee a little earlier, and then. Kissimmee chain. Those would be the top four that, I, yeah, that I'm looking forward to in May. I, well, I want to see someone drag a Carolina rig over shale bed and do, do some, some do of some that damage. time, do some Florida fishing like that. So I, I wanted to bring this up. I don't want to end the show on a, on a bad note, but I do want to end the show. On or, a bad note. I, I want to talk about this. Um, you know, Bass mm-hmm. uh, published something uh, earlier about mourning the death of a, of a, a collegiate angler. Um, and you know that th- that's a tragedy in the world. That's a tragedy for the for the sport. Um, but Bass says that they're all heartbroken to learn the news of this angler's tragic death. And I don't, I don't want to name his name, but you guys can go to the Bassmaster website and talk about it. But you know, this is an angler that his life was uh, you know cut really short. Um, I don't really know the details of what happened. I don't know if you guys know the details of what happened. Yeah, so it was uh, heavy fog. Uh, two boats running. They they could see each other. Uh, they both corrected twice, but they corrected the same way both times. And by it, they just couldn't avoid. That it. was the one during practice, right? That yeah. they they aired yeah. a, about a week ago, yeah, or so. And yeah, there was some footage from the local news uh, station on it. And you know the boat the boats were pretty tore up and stuff. But you know we talk about it all the time on this show, like safety, safety, safety. You know none of these green or brown fish are worth losing your life over. Um, there's already enough danger on the water as it is, especially with people that aren't competitively fishing, uh, you know, recreationally and, and all that other stuff. So no reason to uh, cut your life short. We are, we are praying for that family. We, and, you know, mourning the loss of a, of an angler like that is that's a tough pill to swallow, man. So, you know, our, our wishes to the family of that angler, um, and, uh, commend Bass for, for coming out and making that statement and stuff. So 2024 is going to be, man, it's going to be wet and wild. We're seeing more pressure on the water, which means that the industry is growing. So it's not a bad thing that people are getting out on the water, uh, but all the more reason to take those precautions, you know, from your personal flotation devices to your, your warning systems on your boat, whether that be a horn or a loud horn or loudspeaker, whatever the case may be, follow the rules and regulations of each state that you live in. Um, and just make sure you're practicing boating safely. Guys, yeah. got anything else? Uh, no, I don't have it. Um, I will say there was uh, there was an issue with one of their inflatable life vests where it didn't inflate. Uh, I don't know if that's a young man who who lost his life or it was one of the others, but uh, apparently one of the other guys that was ejected during the accident landed nearby uh, and was able to grab the, the individuals whose who's didn't inflate. So uh, just know that those do need some service. If they've been in your boat for a while, they, there's a good chance they're not going to blow up when you go in. They need mm-hmm. they need new CO2 canisters. They need to to have those service kits. They're relatively cheap. So if you run an inflatable, uh, just make sure you're keeping up with it. If you're if you're going to count on it to save your life, um, that's really all that I have. Make sure you wear it. 
uh, make sure that you're, you're as safe as possible out there. You don't have to run everywhere at 75 miles an hour. Uh, also, last thing on that, uh, I've heard that, that there were some people that were sending some pretty nasty things to the tournament director. Uh, the tournament director is not at fault here. The fog was not so dangerous to where they couldn't run safely. Um, I don't want to beat any kids up, but it sounds like a little bit of a lack of experience. Like I said, they both saw each other. Uh, this is from witnesses that saw it. They both corrected. They just kept correcting the same direction. So they kept correcting into each other. Uh, and at some point they got to where you couldn't correct Abbott anymore and, and there was a collision. Um, so just just be smart if you run into that situation, but don't be ugly. I'm sure that tournament director is being hard enough on himself because it happened under his watch. Uh, you know, a young man lost his life. Uh, doing something he loves and he doesn't need a bunch of people sending him ignorant messages just because they think they know better. So we say it all the time, you know, we want to reach for the positivity. So, you know, don't, don't beat that guy up anymore. And he's probably already beaten up himself and it, it's definitely not his fault. So I just wanted to say that because yeah. I saw that today. Uh, the other big news real quick, we will end on a little bit of a positive note. Yeah. Congratulate our friends, Brad and Paul in the national yep. professional fishing league, sign an exclusive con contract, exclusive deal, something, some type of exclusivity deal with bass cat boats today. Uh, so they got some pretty sweet incentives for bass cat, uh, anglers that are fishing the NPFL. Uh, I don't have the details pulled up. I'm not going to try to remember them. A great chance for folks to make some more money. Uh, this year, up to uh, an additional like almost fourteen thousand dollars. Next year, uh, twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars additional if you win an event uh, and are running a Bass Cat. So, uh, super excited that they have that deal signed with Bass Cat. I think that's really cool uh, to see one of the boat manufacturers come in uh, and to see our our buddies over there keep killing it. So, congratulations to them on that deal. Um, you know, when they were on their show, we talked about how important how important sponsors and uh, partnerships are. And for them to land a, a key one in industry, an endemic yeah. one at that, yeah. uh, which is, is tougher and tougher to do, is it really shows, uh, you know, that they're doing things the right way and they got got a good thing going over there. So uh, just kudos to them. Congratulations to all the, all our friends over there, all our anglers over there that are running Bass Cats. Hopefully you can get uh, get one of those nice checks, a little bit of extra money, uh, you know, for doing well in a tournament. I'll tell you what, I would just take my label off my boat and put a Bass Cat label on it. <laughs> What you going to do? What you going to do, Brad and Paul? Uh, Just kidding. Kudos. Ben, you got anything for the group? No, I'm good. Hey, guys, we really appreciate you supporting the show. We are seeing this at every show, expo, trade show, whatever, uh, through our comments, all that stuff. We appreciate you guys helping us grow this channel, grow this show, and uh, keep this content flowing. Pete and, and Ben and I have said it before. If you get the chance, uh, it's free 99 for you to go leave us a review. Uh, whether good, bad, or ugly, or indifferent, doesn't matter, but it really helps us out with the show. Um, head on over, uh, like Pete said, to onecastfishing.com. Check out the podcast apparel on there. I think there's a few hats and shirts left, which helps us continue to grow this channel. We may have a new partnership announcement coming here soon, so stay tuned for that. Check out the next couple episodes that are going to drop, and I know we have really great guests lined up for 2024 um working around the tournament schedules but it's not just all tournament anglers there's going to be some different stuff coming at you so help us continue to grow a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time and we'll see you on the next episode that's a good one that's a good one. Oh, oh god it's a toad it's a f toad dude let's go i wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow feel like it's gonna be a bad day